I've actually been looking forward to this time, this, this, uh, and I'm not even going to call it a series, but just this era of Holy Spirit, because that's who we're going to be uh, just talking about, you know, really, and again, today's introduction, I'm way ahead of myself, but um, just talking about the spirit life. I believe it was one message, maybe a week or two ago, when we talked about above and beyond, uh, even for a theme for this year, and then in the midst of the ministry, I was like, man, you know what? I got that 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 spotlight. It's like, oh, that's that's what it means to be to live above and beyond. It's out of the spirit. It's living life out of the spirit. So we're going to kind of uh, just start here and just keep going deeper, deeper and further and further. But again, I want to uh, give an introduction. So uh, I know we are ready. I know we are pumped up and we are excited. I'm excited. So let's 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 get ready. I actually want to start today. Uh, again, just with another form of humor, uh, and this is actually called Optimist vs. Pessimist, and it was interesting because my my daughter and I, we were actually watching, or you know, I was in the living room while it was on, and she was watching this cartoon, and uh, in the midst of the cartoon, it mentioned the word optimistic, and so uh, you know, I asked her if she knew what that meant, so we wound up having a discussion about it, so that was like our word for the week, talking about optimism and pessimism. Um, I believe it was this past week, or maybe even last week. Uh, but this this story right here is called Optimist versus Pessimist. And so uh, check this out. It says a family had twin boys whose only resemblance to each other was their looks. If one felt it was too hot, the other thought it was too cold. If one said the TV was too loud, the other claimed the volume needed to be turned up. Opposite in every way. One was an eternal optimist the other a doom and gloom pessimist. Just to see what would happen, on Christmas Day, their father loaded the pessimist's room with every imaginable toy and gift, loaded him up, and this was the pessimist. And then the optimist's room, he loaded with horse hay. That night, the father passed by the pessimist's room and found him sitting amid his new gifts. Now, he's got all these new gifts. This pessimist has all these new wonderful gifts, but he sees him crying bitterly. And then the father asks, why are you crying? Because my friends will be jealous. I'll have to read all these instructions before I can do anything with this stuff. I'll constantly need batteries and my toys will eventually get broken, answered the pessimist twin. Passing the optimist twin room, the father found him dancing for joy in the piles of hay. What are you so happy about, he asked. To which the optimist twin replied, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> I know it might be a little corny, but the thing that really jumped out to me about it was just the perspective of the optimist. Uh, even though he was given hay, his perspective was, hey, you know what? Hey, I know if there's some hay, then there's got to be a horse around here. And so someone just, somebody just declare right now, I am an optimistic force in the earth. Come on, and you can even put that in the chat as well, but just say it again. And then you just turn to someone. If, you're, if you have someone that you're watching this with right now, you can just turn to them and just say, I am an optimistic force in your life. Whether you feel like it or not, just make that declaration and that establishes something. Or you can say, I am going to be an optimistic force in your life. And of course, we know this, isn't, this is just an introduction uh, to the introduction, but I just wanted to make sure we declare this part because guess what? The world is without hope. And so we are hope carriers, we are hope bringers, and God, has, and God is positioning us to be an optimistic force in this world. So while other people are complaining and frustrated and, and worried about obscurity and, 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 and obsessed with so many other things that are negative, we're saying, hey, you know what? We're declaring there is opportunity for the kingdom of God to be able to show up. And so that's what we do as optimistic people. So just say, again, just say, because we have hope. Because we have hope, we as believers, we as the body of Christ, we have hope. So just say again, I am an optimistic force. I am an optimistic force. Even when the enemy tries to come with negativity, come on now. Even when the enemy tries to come with negative circumstances, even when it looks like cloud, even when it looks like lemons, whatever the case may be, our perspective is, hey, you know what? God is going to use all of this for our good and for his glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so even with this perspective, this is a part of this life. This is a part of our mindset in the spirit. And so uh, what we're talking about today, or actually as the series beginning, uh, the series is called This Is Your Life. 
and it was maybe uh, last Sunday, you know, as Pastor Gabe was ministering, uh, you know, and I, I kind of knew that we were heading in this direction. I just didn't know from, from which approach how we would be beginning it. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, you know, this is your life. Talking about the life in the spirit. This is your life. And this actually means something. That word this, which you see, uh, if you look at the image for those that are, are viewing, or you can see the thumbnail or on the podcast, you'll see the title. Uh, it's an acronym. And I'll share what that means at the end. Uh, but this is our life. Life in the spirit is our life. Amen. And so there's some things that we want to begin, uh, you know, just even as a process to walking this thing out. And of course, uh, you may have seen it in the title, but this is your life. This is a part one. This is an introduction. Uh, but we're going to be talking about what we need to shed off, making sure that we show up and then making sure that we show forth. So those are going to be the three things that we're going to key in on today. And then, uh, and again, this is just the beginning of some things, you know, even as we go forth. Amen. So somebody just, uh, just write down in your notes, shed off, shed off, shed off. And let me just take another sip before we get going. We're going to shed off some things. There's some things that uh, that we are shedding off. And some of you already have, but some of you, uh, this will be new for you. So uh, bear with me and then others just dig in and prepare to do so. Because even in this process, the shed off, show up and show forth uh, steps. And different people are at our different stages or, or at these different steps, but it's all good. Amen. So shed, of course, we know the word um, in this context. Shed means to, and I'm gonna give you the Merriam-Webster dictionary. It, definition. It means to rid oneself of temporarily or permanently. So if you got something, you're, you're getting rid of it. Uh, and it could be superfluous or something that's just unwanted that you want to be able to get rid of. For example, she shed her inhibitions. That's, a, that's a, an example that they gave as a sentence, uh, you know, in the dictionary. She shed her inhibitions. But some other people may have heard this uh, as an expression. You know, I've shed off or you maybe have seen someone uh, someone said and, and, and have said, man, you look like you shed off a few pounds. Meaning that there was some weight that they were carrying and they shed it off by exercise and changing their diet, you know, as well. And then a company might shed, you know, jobs to position themselves to be able to navigate uh, whatever type of circumstances that they need to do. But again, shed means to be able to get rid of something, to let something go that is unwanted or not needed. So again, there's some things that we want to make sure that we shed off and three things in particular uh, that I want to discuss here. And so uh, the Bible says this. Uh, you can turn here if you'd like. Ephesians chapter four, verse 20 through 24. But what we want to shed off first is the old man. We want to shed off the old man. And so we want to make sure that we're constantly shedding off the old man. And I'm reading, I believe this is the New King James. I didn't write down the version, forgive me. Uh, but Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 through 24, I'm just going to jump right in and then you can catch up. But you have not learned in Christ. And, I, and I'll give just a little bit of a context after I finish this. But you have not learned so in Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former contact, concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And I'll stop at verse 24, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness. And holiness. And so uh, Pastor Gabe already talked about uh, the past couple of uh, services, uh, the, the, the true imprint of righteousness, the true imprint of righteousness. And so I'm just going to read this again, because really what he was talking about in the verses before is like, hey, you know, we don't want to be like everybody else. <clears throat> you want to shed off. You want to get rid of that sensuality. You want to get rid of that greed and all of those practices of impurity. That's something that you want to shed off. But then here, God doesn't say get rid of something without replacing it with something new that is of his kingdom that is more fulfilling and something that he already intends for us to have and possess. So he says, you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man. So we have to shed off the old man. And sometimes we've mentioned it before, but sometimes people, when they get angry and even Christians, I should say, get angry or, 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 or heated or whatever the case may be or feel threatened. They might say, man, you don't want to see the old me. And then I've always say this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
we don't want to see it. God doesn't want to see it. The old you, as far as for your way of thinking and doing things, should be dead, should be shed off, should be put down. And so what we want to make sure that we're doing, we're being renewed in the spirit, renewed in the spirit, renewed in the spirit of our mind. And so the Bible says this, that we have a new man to put on. And then we have to put this new man on every single day. So that's the first thing we want to shed off. We want to shed off the old man, that old you, that old habit, that old way of thinking. Now, I might spend just a tad bit more time for this next thing, because uh, even though this next part could, could be a message in its, in its own self. Uh, but as I looked at it, I was like, man, God, this is so powerful. And my eyes just kind of started seeing, uh, you know, some of the activity, you know, in the spirit realm. But we want to make sure that we shed this off and that we do not permit this next point that we shed off in our in our lives. And so uh, what we want to make sure that we shed off next is bewitching, bewitching. And it's heavy. It's a strong word, but it's true. Let's go to Galatians chapter three. Galatians chapter three, verses one through three. And I'm going to ex explain this in a little bit. So one, we shed off the old man. We shed off, we shed off the old man. But then two, we want to make sure that we shed off any bewitching. And I'm going to explain this in a little bit. And just, and I'll explain just a little bit. <laughs> but it says this, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? So we see truth here again, and that's going to be important uh, later on in what we talk about. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? Verse two, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? So you see the spirit connection here. So. Um, talks about being renewed by the spirit of your mind. Everything that we have in this life in Christianity is all pertaining to the spirit by faith. There is no avoidance. We, we can't do any of this in the flesh or in our own natural ability or in our own thinking. And again, I said it in praise and worship, but our independence is actually connected to dependence on the spirit of God. We have to rely or put our full weight and put our full leaning on Holy Spirit. He's the one that's here, here, here to teach us, guide us, help us, and direct us, and mold, shape, all of that good stuff. So again, it says, who has bewitched you? So here you have this church in the city of Galatia, and here they started off uh, coming into Christ by faith and by the Spirit of God, but then it was some other information that crept in saying, hey, you know what, you need to do these types of works. Or, or for example, these were uh, 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 Gentiles, people not Jewish by birth or Hebrew by birth, but then they started getting this information <clears throat> from other people that were Hebrew by birth, uh, putting these uh, Hebrew cultural mandates on them saying, hey, you know what, you need to follow this law in order to be righteous. And again, I'm not going to dig into it. Pastor Gabe, uh, you know, touched on these things, you know, last week. But they started putting all these laws and all these mandates and all these commandments and things of that nature saying you need to do this, 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 in order for you to be walking in the spirit and be, you know, righteous in Christ. And then Paul says, yo, who has bewitched you? Who has caused you to think something different from how you started? And so what we want to make sure is that we shed off any bewitching. Any bewitching. So in other words, uh, and again, I've I, I mentioned this before, but, you know, I, I, I just kind of discerned or picked up that in the midst of this pausing and shutdown and resetting that there have been some covenants and agreements. And we talked about this already, but that men have made that were illicit or illegal in the earth realm. And God is using this opportunity to break some of those agreements and contracts. But then also, even in our own lives, we want to make sure that we are not falling under any pandemonium, that we're not panicking. And that we are not bewitched. So um, I just say this without, and again, this could be a whole nother message in itself. Uh, but I just say we just break any bewitching. We just break any agreements, any things that have been spoken over your life that is not uh, out of the spirit of God. You know, because some things might show up in the form of manipulation. You know how the enemy will use people, whether they realize it or not, uh, to, to, to bewitch people through fear and intimidation. 
and try to uh, grip people and hold them back from really going after the things of the spirit. And, and so uh, they might say things that, that have provide curses in a sense. And of course, we know the blood of Jesus breaks all that. So it's not for anyone to be in fear or in panic about it. But just wanted, just wanted to let you know that that can be broken in the name of Jesus. If there's been some struggling to be able to break through in some things, even for a family lineage, I just believe right now in the name of Jesus that that can be broken. Any bewitching, anything that people may have spoken. And what came to my attention, just as an example... Um, you remember at Jesus' trial when, when, when he was being uh, tried as far as for whether or not he was guilty, proclaiming to be the son of God and king, uh, actually, you know, king of the Jews. And so, uh, uh, you know, Herod, uh, you know, was washing his hands. <clears throat> and then he was like, look, I'm, I'm free from this. Uh, if you guys want crucifixion, then fine. I'm washing my hands and then it's on you. But then the people shouted. They were said, let his blood, let Jesus' blood be upon us. We want him crucified. So let his blood be upon us. But what was powerful, they said, let his blood be upon us and our children. So that was a bewitching. That was a curse. And so... Uh, so we just break that in the name of Jesus because some stuff people might be contending with. I don't want to go too deep in this, but some stuff people might be contending with. Some people uh, and past generations may have said some things or may have practiced some voodoo or, or, or things of that nature uh, that have caused some bewitching to take place in a lineage. Not to panic, not to be in fear. The blood breaks that. And I thought it was very interesting that they said, let his blood be upon us and our children. And so uh, that was in the, 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 the negative sense. But I'm like, man, you know what? That same very blood can break what they spoke over their children. And so uh, that same blood breaks any bewitching. And so I just say this, that there shall be no bewitching in this season for you. Because there's a lot of things that can be very manipulative. And you'll see more and more. And it happens even through social media. Uh, they'll manipulate images and things of that nature. All of that is a part of bewitching. But we shall not, you shall not be witched in this season. Um, and, and it's interesting, even when I say bewitched, y'all remember that show back in the 60s? They made it so cute. And I remember watching it and, you know, she would twinkle her nose and, you know, magic. And I was like, oh, you know, as a kid, I watched it. I was like, oh, that was cool. But now as I got older, I'm like, man, hold up, bewitched? And then Paul says, man, who has bewitched you? So you are not bewitched. We break that stronghold. Matter of fact, let's just pray that right now. Let's just pray that right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your blood, that there shall be no bewitching. There shall be no undue burdens that people are carrying in this season uh, in order to feel like they have to be righteous. God, I thank you, Lord, that you have made them, you've, in Christ Jesus, uh, that they have been made, recreated to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we just bless you for that in Jesus' name. I'm telling you where the spirit of the Lord is. There is what? Liberty. There is freedom. And again, that's a whole nother message. There's a whole lot more to unpack in that. Uh, but I just saw that. We want to make sure that we just, we just shed that. So again, you want to shed off the old man. You want to shed off any bewitching. When people try to speak stuff over you, just say, man, you know what? I cast that down in Jesus' name. Simple as that. I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to receive that. Somebody says something contrary or negative or derogatory towards you, don't receive it. Third thing that we want to shed off is carnality carnality. This is something that we'll spend a little bit more time on at a later point, but I want to touch on it now. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 through 3. Mm, 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 mm. And this is translation again. I believe this is New King James that I'm reading from. Normally I'll make note of this, but I just follow along. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people. So Paul is calling, writing to the church at Corinth uh, in this regards. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people. Spiritual meaning mature, mature in the spirit. I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as fleshly, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are, so here's some of the description of carnality. In other, in other words, you can, there can be Christians, but still just fleshly. In other words, they haven't put off the old man yet and really put on this new nature in Christ. And so for where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, you are not, you are not carnal. Oh, let me read that again. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you. In other words, that's where there's carnality. But then he says this. 
Are you not carnal when you do this? Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And so the thing that I, that I really just kind of highlight for those that have that translation, and then you could just say this, I am not a mere man. I think that's very powerful because when, when, when it says that, hey, you know what, you, you're not a mere man, then it's alluding to something that you are more than a mere man. Mere, meaning mere, meager, uh, uh, lowly in that sense. And so what it does, the spirit whom we've received, he provides a distinguishing mark. So we're not like everybody else. Just to make that simple, we're not just fleshly. We don't war according to the flesh. Uh, we don't fight according to the flesh. We're not using fleshly weapons, but we war according to the spirit. So again, we are not mere men. So we just shed off the old man. We shed off bewitching and we shed off carnality carnality where we just have appetites for the flesh and we just keep on eating eating until we feel good some of y'all may have done that uh yesterday for fourth of july maybe uh maybe maybe you had a cookout and you were just like man i'm just going to unloosen my buckle uh my belt buckle now you just kept consuming food maybe you're not but some people i know have or maybe we did at one point where you just kept kept eating until you hurt yourself and maybe have felt proud about it, but not anymore. And so same thing even for, for appetite. Some of the stuff that's carnality, some of the things that we might laugh at that's not really funny to the Lord, uh, that's not humorous before the Lord, that's carnality. Some of the things that we might entertain ourselves with, God says, hey, you know what? I need your appetite to change. And so we shed that off. We shed those things. We shed those things so that way we can really walk in this life in the spirit. So somebody just say right now, I am shedding off weight. <laughs> I'm shedding off the weight. I'm shedding off the old man. Oh, here's another thing. I'm shedding off a poverty mentality. Because some people wallow in it and then you just, oh, and it just becomes so much so that you just get used to it. And God says, hey, you know what? I don't, I don't want you to be thinking to where you have to be struggling for pennies and for nickels and things of that nature. But we have to be, make sure that we shed off that way of thinking. Because there's a newness of life and, and the resources, monetary resources are included in this spirit life. Amen. Glory to God. And so after we shed off, everybody shedding off. I know some people right now have even, even when we talked about uh, cultivate, even when we did the cultivate series and talked about cultivating your health, I know some people have already been making changes even in their natural uh, as far as for what they've been eating and how they've been eating and when they've been eating. And some have been even shedding pounds even without exercising. But they've been exercising discipline and, and, and uh, uh, changing their diet. And so they've been shedding off. So let's just keep that momentum uh, as it is in the natural, but also in the spirit. Amen. So now, second thing. Uh, this is the part I'm excited about. I'm all excited about it. But this is the next part. Somebody just say, show up. I am showing up. Amen. And so as things become more virtual, I want to kind of come from this perspective here. As things become more virtual, uh, the limits get taken off. The limits get taken off, especially uh, or people feel whatever limits that they may have had. Uh, those things can 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 become loosened. I should say if that might be more appropriate. They become loosened. And so that can be in the negative as well as in the positive. Some things in the negative uh, where where uh, people can show up. Uh, and feel like they have no limits. How that can happen in the negative is in this term that came to my mind as far as for catfish. And some of the younger people uh, might know this terminology, but it happens like this, and it, it happens in the virtual world. Uh, and, and particularly, sometimes, you know, you might hear this more so, this term being catfish or catfish as it pertains to dating and online dating and things of that nature. But what happens is people create a profile, and they have a picture uh, uh, that looks very attractive and they create a life that looks very intriguing and very um, uh, attractive to people. And so um, it looks very appealing. And so they, they, they now begin to engage with someone else online. And so they're having these conversations back and forth. And, and, and these people are sending pictures and, and things of that nature, which appears to be them. But then now the person who they're engaging with gets so attracted, says, hey, you know what, uh, let's meet in person. And so now they set up a, a date and now uh, the person who's presented themselves in a certain manner, when they show up, now the person who they've been engaging with sees them and says, man, you know what, I've been catfished. In other words, I took a bait uh, for something that, that now I'm seeing that this is not even who you are. You don't look like how you've presented yourself. 
you don't and you're not you don't have the job that you said that you you have and the things of that nature. And so people show up in a pretend mode, not in a purpose mode. So what we have an opportunity to be able to do in the spirit is to be able to show up on purpose in the identity that God has called us, uh, that, that God has placed upon our lives. So somebody just say right now, I am showing up. I am showing up. Uh, I remember this kind of kicked off. Uh, um, it was this movie called Ready Player One. And I'm just giving a real general, but it was this virtual world that was created. And this one person just talked about how you can go to this virtual world called the Oasis. And you can, in essence, be whoever it is that you wanted to be, depending on how much money you had in your virtual account. <laughs> and so um, this person was uh, this and that and so many other things. Uh, but bottom line, the thing when I was watching that, it started coming to me. It's like, you know, what? how do you want to show up in reality? How are you going to show up in reality? How does God want you to show up in reality? And so in the positive sense, uh, we want to look at it like this. So this is a prime time. This is a prime time for the church, for you individually, for your family, for your household, for the church uh, locally, for the church at large to show up in truth. There we go. That's that truth part again. We talked about shedding off uh, uh, the old, all of those things connected in truth, but in the spirit, in the spirit. Glory to God. So uh, we're going to turn. Uh, well, well, we'll get there in just a little bit. But uh, I believe, again, this is another cultivate. It was a Daryl, a Daryl Andrews, a uh, coach D, uh, you know, even when he talks about for the brain set. And one of the things that he deals with, even for, for corporations and even coaching individuals, he talks about um, how people can reinvent themselves. And so uh, when we're talking about just even just showing up in the spirit, it's, it's uh, not necessarily a reinvention per se, but really coming into contact with as far as for your true identity. As far as for who God has called you to be, shedding off those old labels, which the world has established upon you to keep you in a certain vein and in a certain pocket. But no, we want to be who God has called us to be. We want to show up in the fullness of who God has given, called us to be in the spirit. So somebody just say, I am showing up in the spirit. I'm showing up in fullness and we're just making that declaration right now. So that way the words go before us so that way we can actually show up in fullness in reality. And so, again, the Lord was just encouraging me. It's like, hey, how are you going to show up in this season? I know how you showed up before. I know how you showed up, you know, before you showed up, maybe as a, a, a quote unquote rapper, as as you know, as a youth pastor. But hey, now, how are you showing up in this season? What are some things that you're going to show up? What are some things that you're going to be about in this season? I'm like, man, God, that's good. I want to make sure that I'm showing up everywhere I go. And so the thought with this uh, is, 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 is important because uh, some, uh, so, here, so, so here we go. What we are doing, we are representing, we are representing ourselves in the spirit with all that God has given us, with who God has called us to be. So again, I'm asking you, how are you going to show up in this season? How are you showing up in this season? So this may sound a little odd, but the thing about it, because I know we, we often have this connotation, it's like, God, I want you to show up. God, I want you to show up. And we do. We want the presence of the Lord to show up. But here's another, here's a primary reality or first reality that we want to make sure that we always understand. He's always here. God is always here. He is always with us. He is always in us. And so one thing that we want to make sure that we do, that we're just cognizant, that we're mindful, that wherever we are, the presence of the Lord is with us. And not only is he with us, he's in us. And not only is he in us, but he encompasses us. In other words, that he surrounds us. So that's the first reality that, that, that God is already here. But the second reality uh, that we want to make sure that we tap into the next reality is that we need to show up. And so you don't have to turn there, but Romans chapter 8 verse 19 says this, that the whole of creation waits in eager expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God or for the showing up of God's people, for the, for the revealing. In other words, for the curtains to be pulled back or in other words, for the spotlight to be on. And so uh, uh, even in the midst of what will be taking place, what you might find, it'll be more uh, more persecution that might come 
against Christians and against the church. But guess what? That's just a greater spotlight for the church to be able to rise up. Don't shy away from who it is that God has called you to be. Don't compromise, even though it might seem controversial to the world. If it's connected to the kingdom, stay on it. Stay with it. Show up. Wear that thing. Wear that thing. Some people might say, hey, you know what you put on? What you're wearing in the spirit is out of style. The spirit and kingdom of God is never in style. It ain't a style. Or it's a lifestyle, I should say. It's not something that fades because it's eternal. So we want to make sure that we show up with everything, that we're showing up in the fullness, that we are not. Uh, and again, that goes back to um, uh, shedding off some of the old, shedding off the old man so that way we can show up in the fullness and the talents and abilities with the boldness, with the confidence, uh, not backing down from that regards. And so we are manifesting in the seeds. And so some ways in which we want to show up. So we want to make sure. And again, I talked about it. This is the truth part. So we want to be true. You want to be true. And this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus did not try to please men. He had an audience of one. He was not about pleasing men or, or, or doing things that were, quote unquote, popular. He had an audience of one. As a matter of fact, Jesus actually displeased a whole lot of religious people. Uh, and, and so he upset their traditions, but he was truth. Of course, we know this. Jesus said that I am the way I am the truth. I'm not just information, but I am truth. And so I just say this. And of course, Pastor Gabe, you know, talked about this on this past Wednesday. Uh, but we don't want to just, quote unquote, be true to ourselves or have our own truth, as many people say, or as many people popularize. But we want to make sure that we are true to calling, that we are true to the word in the name of Jesus. And so just even in a practical sense now, even career wise, I'm not saying that you need to quit your job, but I'm saying that you want to start tapping into, OK, God, what it is, what what it is. Yeah, what it is, but what it is, what is it that God is speaking? What is it that God has said? What is it, what is it that God has really placed upon the inside of your spirit or in, in your heart that you've kind of envisioned for yourself that you know that God gave you that needs to be developed even further that can actually become your quote-unquote job or your work? Some people have businesses on the inside of them and, and maybe have stuck to a certain job that they didn't like, but it was a level of comfortability. And so I'm just saying this word to provide a little bit of agitation. Be true to what it is that God has saying. Maybe you can begin developing that on the side. And then as that grows, then that begins to uh, take over and you can begin to step into that further. But I'm saying this. Be true to what he said. Don't just lay it down anymore. Pick it up. Be true to that. Some things God has spoken <laughs> over your life, even prophetically. Don't run. Woo, I'm hearing that right now. Don't run from that word because some, some people have gotten words that were, if we were to be true, it's like, Lord, that's scary. <laughs> or that's intimidating. Or how? What? No, just start. Just pray that out. Um, be true to that. Embrace it. I think that's even a better word. Embrace what God said. Embrace it wholly. Embrace it fully. And that helps you show up. When you're true to that, it's like, God, you know, you spoke that more on more than one occasion. I, and out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established in truth, in truth. So, God, I'm going to embrace that in this season so that way I can show up. So I've shut off the old, Lord, I want to show up. But part of showing up, because uh, you don't want to show up and be fake. We're not going to show up and be pretending in order to please people. That ain't it. Jesus did not do that. Do that. Jesus showed up. He was like, look, even at the age of 12, he showed up. I'm in my father's house. So we're not worried about the how it might make people feel. It's like, hey, you know what? If me being true to who God has, and it's got to be consistent with the word, uh, that's in the spirit of God. But if me being true to the, I, the fingerprint, the identity that God has given me has made you uncomfortable, I'm not going to allow that to hold me back anymore. Because now I'm being a disservice to God. I'm being a disservice to myself. I'm being a disservice to my family. I'm being a disservice to this world. I'm going to show up in truth in this season. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this, let God be true and let every other man be a lie. So we're going to show up in truth. And let me just say this one other thing, because, you know, people will make plans for you. <laughs> and so uh, we, we don't want to go according to their logic because some things God will give and it's not logical. It might not seem reasonable. As a matter of fact, I, my wife and I, she just had it on and I, I actually hadn't read it yet. But uh, y'all remember the show Fixer Upper? 
we love the show. We love the show, Fix, Fixer Upper. And it was uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines. They were reading their story. But she was talking about her process as far as for stepping into business. She had no background at all as far as for what she's currently doing. But yet it was in her. And she couldn't shake it. So we came to, she came to a point of being true. Her husband, Chip, encouraged it. And, of course, we see the global impact that they have now. So many styles that are in homes are based upon the style that she has. And, whoo, <laughs> that's an influence right there. But I say all that to say this. When she was talking about her story, people try to hold her back. In other words, saying, man, you're crazy. You shouldn't do this. You don't have any experience, anything of that nature. But her husband said, who she was in covenant with, uh, said this. Hey, you know what? Even if you don't know it, you can learn it. And so he was encouraging her. Uh, it's like, look, step in this truth. And, of course, we know the whole impact that fixer up. Fixer Upper, the show has had, Magnolia Farms, all that kind of stuff, the inspiration, the tears that have been shared, the lives that have been changed, all of that kind of good stuff because she stepped out in it. And so I just say that again to agitate somebody. I believe the Spirit of God is even agitating somebody uh, just to stay, just to stay with what he said. Don't just lay it down even if it gets uh, uh, challenging. Stick with it. Somebody just say, I'm sticking with the truth. God has spoken over my life. And I tell you, even now, um, God is nudging and even booting some people out of the eagle's nest right now in the name of Jesus. That's what these circumstances are doing. Uh, you have to do something different. You have to learn something new. And, and what it is, and, and it's a, a reinvention in a sense, but really reinventing to the world. But you're stepping into the truth, uh, a greater dimension of truth that God has called you to be. You're showing up in that truth. And so Jesus didn't veer from his goal, no matter the pain, no matter the discomfort, because the, the, the outcome, the outcome of what, what he was like, look, I got to go to the cross. Peter tried to hold him back. Lord, you're, you're not going to go to the cross. You're not going to be killed. And then you know what Jesus had to say? Get thee behind me, Satan. In other words, I have to arrest these bewitching words so that way I can go forth. I got to shed that thinking right now because I have something to fulfill. That's going to be a blessing for generations. Glory to God. So again, part of this showing up, we want to be true. Next thing we want to do, we want to be on time. Oh, and this is so, this is so serious. I kind of got diced up on this, um, uh, but it's, it's true. We want to make sure that we're on time. Uh, there's some things that we may have spoken and not have fully spoken about a timing of which we wanted to be able to do something or to accomplish something that God placed upon our heart. And so uh, we may have had a timeline and um, and, and I believe it was God, but because of whatever the case may be, we got off track, whatever, uh, we, we missed it. So God can redeem the time. We thank the Lord for redeeming the time. But he was just reminding me uh, that Jesus was always on time. Now, here when I say this, uh, he was letting me know that Jesus, when he showed up, he showed up in truth and he showed up on time. Now, the thing that, about it was he didn't show up on time according to man's timing. But he was always on time according to God's timing. Even because y'all know God's got a calendar. So Jesus showed up in truth. But then he showed up uh, when you look back. And this is uh, uh, when you look back uh, uh, for some of the things that he done, some of the miracles, some of the prophecies that he fulfilled. Many of those things were connected to feast times or the God ordained times. And so I just say all that to say this. I believe this, that some of us, many of us, if not all of us are in a Kairos moment where we can show up and, and, and tap into what God wants to do in this now season. And so not putting some things off any further, but it's some stuff God says, hey, you know what? I need you to do this now. Or I need you to go ahead and to release this now. Well, Lord, it's not all the way finished or it's not quote unquote perfect. It's okay. I'm going to perfect it, but I need you to step into this now uh, and start showing up in this now because now as you go, uh, things will be fleshed out. Uh, some, some more things will be added. Some more people can come along because some stuff that we might have hidden, people can't see to be able to who God has ordained to be able to add um, to be able to add to or help multiply it. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but just 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 stay with it with this example. And so I believe this that he's encouraging now. Go ahead and to release it. Um, he'll he'll protect it. He'll protect it. There's wisdom for you to get for, for how to protect things, even in the marketplace and things of that nature. But God's got it covered. But release what you do have. Use what you got now. And then, uh, then, then other people who he's called to walk with you in life and to help, to help encourage you, then they can pour into and can add and not uh, detract or uh, you know, rob you of it. And, of course, he'll give wisdom as Holy Spirit leads. 
But I just say all that to, to be on time. If, if God uh, begins to start speaking as far as for an opportunity, man, go for it. Even if it looks a little bit risky, even if you don't have all the details, if God is speaking, if God keeps circling on a thing, because I realized, Lord, there were some things that I, I missed, but he says, hey, you know what? There's a window that's still open. We might have to approach it from this way now. Uh, and I thank God that's where he redeems the time. Um, but we want to make sure that we're not missing these windows. Amen. We want to make sure that we're on time, that we are showing up. And I just say this, one thing that would even help practice uh, this on time in the spirit, we want to make sure that we're just on time even for natural things. If there's an appointment, if there's a, a, a hair appointment, if there's a, a business meeting, or if there's whatever thing, just practice being on time. And then that helps discipline us in the spirit. That way when God says move, boom, we're moving. We're so sensitive to what it is that the spirit would have us to do when he would have us to do it. So somebody just say, and you know, we sing the song, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. But guess who needs to be on time as well? We do. So when we show up, we want to show up in truth. We want to show up on time. But then here's another thing. When we show up, we want to be intentional when we show up. And I believe now more than ever, we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional. Here's one example. If you want to heal, if you want to see the sick healed, guess what you have to be intentional about? Healing the sick. Meaning this, that we have to be intentional about laying hands on the sick, getting some oil, lay hands on the sick, seeing them recovered. I remember, uh, you don't have to go there, I don't have the scripture reference per se, but if you remember when Jesus was sending out the disciples two by two and how they came back rejoicing uh, because, guess what, demons were subject to them in, in their name, but they were intentional. Jesus was like, look, you get you some oil and you lay hands. And you speak blessing. And if anyone doesn't receive you, here we go. If anyone doesn't receive you, when you show up in truth, when you show up on time, when you show up in the spirit, when you show up in my name, when you show up in my presence, if anyone doesn't receive you, shake the dust off your feet and go to the next home, go to the next city, go to the next town. So we don't have to stand there contending and trying to force feed a society that, that doesn't want it. It's like, hey, you know what? We're just going to shake the dust off because there is an ordained place that is ready to receive. There is an ordained place that is ready to receive now. Some might be still way too carnal, way too in the flesh. We're not going to cast our pearls before swine. I think that's a word for somebody right there. Uh, so let me just kind of uh, say that. Some of you have been trying to be intentional and, uh, as far as for just giving somebody, you know, truth and wisdom and things. But if they're not receiving it, go ahead and be released and be free right now and, and just pray about who God would have you to pour into next. You know, and just pray that the seeds that you've planted, uh, that God will bring somebody else to be able to water that seed. But don't be beating yourself up and frustrating yourself and wearing yourself out. For somebody who's just not, uh, they aren't at on time yet. So you sowed what you need to sow. Uh, so just somebody for whoever that was for, just be released right now. It's okay. God's got them. Uh, you just pray in the spirit. Holy Spirit knows where they are, what, what they need. And maybe it'll be another person's voice where it'll be an aha moment, a moment of reckoning. And they'll be coming into a greater fullness of what God has for them. It's okay. But we want to make sure that we're intentional where we go. If God tells us to go somewhere, that we are there on purpose. If God has us to have a conversation, uh, that we are having a conversation on purpose some people even now i'm thinking right now some people are just even are in your life for a divine reason and you might not necessarily know why but now be intentional about it even if you may have crossed paths it could be for mentorship where you're being mentored or you're the one doing the mentoring and discipling but now be intentional about that relationship <laughs> i remember even romantically uh when when i saw this beautiful fine lady here at church uh, and I asked her out, and of course, uh, I'm married to her now, but when I asked her out for uh, sushi, and uh, as soon as we sat down, the first thing that she said, what are we here for? <laughs> what are we here for? So that was the first thing that came out of her mouth. My wife was not playing. She was not about wasting time uh, with anybody. She was very intentional. If we're going to go out on a date, I need to find out, what, okay, what, what are we even here gathering for? And so I just kind of just shared what I had to share, but I was intentional and I didn't let that back me away because, and I don't even fully know why, but it was just something on the inside. It's like, man, I need to know more about who you are and, and I'm not catfishing you, uh, but there's something uh, that, 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 that God uh, has for us. And so, um, and I didn't say that then, um, but I just had a sense 
later on, it's like, man, you know, it wasn't even a question. It wasn't a doubt. It's like, look, this, this is, I didn't even know that I knew, but I knew in the spirit that this is my wife. And of course, so many wonderful things have happened. And there's some more things that are going to be taking place. All that to say this, uh, be intentional. If there's some things that you have seen that God has shown in the spirit, you, you speaking, start being intentional about that. You starting a business, uh, even online, starting a blog, a YouTube channel, be intentional about that. You having an impact uh, on young men, young women, be intentional about that. Don't just let that be something that just remains casual if God has given it to you. So um, be in truth. Understand that that's truth. Be on time about it. Don't just let it linger out in la-la land and now be intentional. It's like, man, you know what, God, I'm going to do this. Jesus was intentional. He showed up about it. Even here's another example, because uh, I've realized it's very easy to complain. Anybody can complain. But one thing that we want to make sure that we do uh, in our intentionality when we show up, say something is, is uh, not good in your community, then be intentional about showing up at council meetings. Even if they don't like your presence, even if they, uh, whatever the case may be. But if God has placed that upon you, then just be a voice to be able to speak up as far as for truth and being a solution as far as for alternatives of what could be done to help improve a community. Jesus showed up with intentionality. Y'all remember when he appeared to his disciples after his resurrection? Who was the first person who he went to go talk to? Just say it out loud. Some might know, but I'm going to say it for you. Thomas. He showed up intentionally. They were all huddled up in a room, but he showed up intentionally and says, hey, Thomas, boom. Because Thomas was just talking about, because uh, disciples uh, had heard that Jesus had resurrected, and Thomas was like, look, I'm not going to believe he's resurrected until I can feel his hands, uh, the, feel the piercing in his hands and feel the piercing in his side. And so now, while they were sitting there having this conversation, I love it, Jesus showed up. <laughs> he showed up. Oh, and guess what? He didn't knock on a door. He didn't come through a window like brother man. <laughs> he actually showed up in the midst of them and went straight to Thomas. It wasn't a whole bunch of greeting. Hey, Peter. Hey, John. Hey, Bartholomew. He said, hey, Thomas, look, feel my hands. And he took Thomas' hands. Look, feel my hands. And had him feel his hands, feel the piercing. Took Thomas' hands and said, hey, hey, feel the piercing in my side. And then he tells Thomas this, blessed or blessed who have believed and have not seen. And then Thomas falls, you know, I imagine falls down, repents and says, Lord, my God. He says, my Lord and my God, forgive my unbelief. The revelation behind this for us now is when we show up, when we show up, it could even be people talking about you. Come on now. It could be people even talking about you. But when you show up in their presence, not for condemnation, but when you show up to bring truth, then it will cause people to say, my Lord and my God. So that's one of the benefits when we show up, that it leads people to repentance. When we show up in the truth of his identity, when we show up in the fullness of who God has called us to be. And I know it's a, a process, but uh, this is an agitation moment right now. It's like, look, I need you to show up. I need you to shed off. I need you to show up in the spirit life. So again, we're showing up in truth. We're showing up on time. And then we're showing up being intentional. Hey, I'm not here. We're not just going to do lunch for the sake of doing lunch. But hey, let's get some things done. What can we do that can advance the kingdom? What can we do that can bring God glory? Come on, somebody. So somebody just say, I'm showing up and I'm being intentional in the name of Jesus. I remember this. They would tell us in football in high school on defense when somebody is running. Man, if you are going to tackle the person, you better come up with some intentionality. <laughs> you better come up with intentions of hitting the person because if you don't, you could actually get hurt and get run over. Ah, so that could even take place in a relationship right now or in a business dealing. So when you show up with intentionality, you're not just going to get overcome and overwhelmed by what the other person is bringing. Not when you show up with, 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 with some truth. Come on, somebody. All right. So, so, so anyways, we are dressed. We are ready in the name of Jesus. So now we are shedding off I'm kind of teaching, teaching, preaching, prophesying this. We're shedding off. We are showing up. And again, show up could be a whole nother message. But we are showing up. We've got to show up in the season. So no more wrestling and vacillating of stars like, uh, no more sheepishness. But it's time to roar. Because it's a whole bunch of roaring going on. But the Bible says this, that the enemy goes about as a roaring lion. But he's toothless. 
seeking whom he may devour. But we as believers, we have the Lion of Judah. So when we show up and when we roar, it actually does some things. And we in the spirit got teeth. Glory to God. All right. So we are showing up. But then after we show up, we're not just here to just to say, hey, but we are showing forth. We are showing forth and show forth means to proclaim by words. Well, this is my definition <laughs> to proclaim by words and demonstration. To proclaim by words and in demonstration. Because guess what? This is a time now as we shed off, as we show up. Because, oh my goodness. I love it. I'm just thinking about right now. Jesus didn't just show up, but then he showed up with some demonstration and power. Woo! Even, you, you think about how he would show up and people would say this. Y'all remember the people, the, the religious people, when Jesus would show up on a Sabbath and somebody needed healing. And the, the Bible says this, that the religious people watched. They knew it was a day, a Sabbath day, where nobody was supposed to do any quote-unquote work. But they would watch and they would wait to see what Jesus was going to do. Because they knew that when Jesus would show up, that he was showing up not to just show up just to say, hey, everybody. But he was showing up to do something. So now Jesus would look at them. He would show up, look at them. And man, he would show forth with some glory. He would look at the audience, but... Uh, knowing that he had an audience of one, already saw what the father wanted him to do. And he was like, man, forget about everybody else. Look for that person that was healing. And I'm thinking right now, that man with the withered hand, and he told that man, stretch forth your hand. And then that man who had a withered hand, when he stretched forth his hand, his hand was made whole. And now the religious people who didn't like that were all in an uproar and were upset. They were like, oh, he's healing on that Sabbath when nobody's supposed to be doing any work. And Jesus was like, are you kidding me? This man needs healing. And you telling me that God is not concerned about this person? I'm showing up and I'm showing forth God's glory for such a time as this. I'm not concerned about you. You're not my audience. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to only please one. Hmm. My goodness. Glory to God. Let that be an encouragement to somebody right now. So when you show up, you show forth and do not back down. You release what God has given you to say, say no more and say no less. Say it in love, but say no more and say no less. So we're going to show forth. We're going to tell out forth. That's one of the definitions. We're going to declare abroad. This is a great opportunity because your reach is global now. So we're going to declare abroad. We're going to publish. And here's another context. We're going to make known by praising or proclaiming. <laughs> we're going to celebrate. Now, specifically, I'm going to go through this part uh, 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 well, I can take a little bit of time here. I think we're, we're good here. Some things that we show forth. We show forth his marvelous works. I talked about it with Jesus. But just for a scripture reference for you, uh, most of these um, are, are from, from David, who is a man after God's own heart. But he says, I will show forth his marvelous works. That's in Psalms chapter 9, verse 1. So one thing that we show forth, we show forth his marvelous works. So one thing that we get to do as believers uh, uh, in, in this image and likeness of, of Christ Jesus, that example that I gave of the man of the withered, head, of the withered hand, uh, we can actually do that. So we can show forth his marvelous works and healings and, and so much more. But uh, anyways, we show forth his marvelous works. We show forth, Pastor Gabe already alluded and talked about this, but we show forth his righteousness. That Psalm, you can just jot it down. You don't have to turn there. But that Psalm chapter 71, verse 15, we show forth his righteousness. Another thing that we do, we show forth his loving kindness. That's Psalms chapter 92, verse 2. So his marvelous works is Psalms chapter 9, verse 1. His righteousness is Psalms chapter 71, verse 15. And then showing forth his loving kindness is Psalms chapter 92, verse 2. We can show that to one another. Another thing that we show forth is his salvation. Well, God actually shows forth his salvation. He shows forth his deliverance. Thank you, Lord, for showing forth your deliverance. And you can even pray that on behalf of somebody else. God, show forth your loving kindness towards uh, whoever or show forth your salvation to whoever. And that showing forth salvation is Psalms chapter 96, verse 2. But then us in particular, this is what we can do. And you can turn here. This will be our last scripture for the day. And again, this is all just introduction, y'all. But this spirit life, whoo, oh my goodness. So, this is a scripture we're familiar with, but we're going to show forth his praises. And this is all connected to identity and showing up and shedding off because this is who we are. So Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 
And I'm reading this from the King James Version. I have this down here. But he says this, but ye are, somebody say, I am, I am, but ye are a chosen generation. So somebody just say right now, I am chosen. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. So you're not even just a priesthood, but you are a priesthood that is royal. So you got this dual, uh, 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 this, this, this whole identity that is connected here and how we need to show up in this season. So we're showing up as a chosen generation. And this is how we're showing forth as well. Well, this is how we're showing up, and then we'll see how we show forth. Let me say this again. We're shedding off the old, and this is how we're showing up. But we are, I am, you are a chosen generation. I am, you are, we are a royal priesthood. I am, you are, we are an holy nation, a peculiar people, meaning that we're not every, like everybody else. I'm not talking about peculiar in personality. I'm talking about peculiar in identity. That ye should, here you go now, that ye should show forth the praises of who? The praises of who? The praises of who? Not of ourselves. The praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Glory to God. So even in our being in the newness of life in the spirit, it's showing forth his praises. So now as we're showing up and we're showing, as we're showing up, in this identity of being chosen, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, in truth, on time, being intentional. As we're showing up like that, then people are saying, man, Lord, God, you mean that I can have a life like that in the spirit? God is using us as an example of his mercy, of his grace that, that will cause men to come into repentance and then enter this life because what we have is by way of the spirit as we shed off the old. And adopt and put on the new. Because now we have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So when you look at the thumbnail of, for those that see this on YouTube and Facebook, we are in the spotlight. That's what's on the image. We are in the spotlight to show up. The stage is set. Oh my God, the stage is so set for such a time as this. For the church, beyond politics, beyond policy, beyond some of the things, even the virus, some of the things that we see. I'm telling you, it is a, the stage is set for the bride of Christ to be able to show up in the spirit. So don't be distracted. Do not get distracted in this season. Stay connected to the Holy Ghost. And... I'm going to talk more about this, but again, the name of this series is called This Is Your Life. <laughs> Went off there. This Is Your Life, and it was for the longest time. It was for like a whole week. I was like just open and praying in the spirit. I was like, Lord, because I felt like there was an acronym. So I just kind of stayed open. I was like, Lord, what is the acronym? Is life the acronym? Is this? Is your? What the case? And then he started directing. He was like, look, this. I was like, This? i never heard of an acronym for this. What is this? What is this? What is this? <laughs> I like that question. What is this? But then he started sharing with me. And I'm like, God, you are so good. Because it just came literally last night after this whole week of praying. Okay, God, what is this? This is your life. But this means something. This means something. It means total harmony in the spirit. So total harmony in the spirit is your life. So we're going to be dealing more about that. But here we go. To walk in this, to step in this, to show up in this, we want to make sure that we are shedding off, that we are showing up, and that we are showing forth. So that way we stay in total harmony in the spirit. And that's our life. Our life is designed to be in total harmony, in total connection, in unison with the spirit of God, in unison by the spirit of God with one another. So this is the era, this is the dispensation, this is the age of Holy Ghost like never before. I believe now for such a time as this that we're going to be showing off apostolically, prophetically with all the mantles and anointings and giftings and calls and things that God has given uh, for us in this season. But I'm telling you, we're going to make a beautiful symphony. It's nothing like, you know, because I don't consider myself to be the greatest of singers, but every now and then God might touch my voice where I can sing like real, real good. And I remember uh, being in some environments with some people that can really sing. And then um, when I'm showing up with the gifting and the level of ability that God has given me and then connecting with that person uh, with the gifting and ability that God has given them. And then with the music playing as well. I remember it was one moment 
I guess some time ago where I was part of this, whatever, practicing for praise and worship. And we started singing, but I loved it because I was like, man, the harmony. When you got people that can harmonize together, it is so beautiful. It's nothing like a harmonious sound when you got a note that's in this position and a note that's in this position and a note that's here and there. But it all comes together to make a beautiful sound. That's total harmony in the spirit of how we're supposed to live our lives harmoniously with the spirit when we show up. So we got to show it with what he's given us. And then connect it to what he's to what he has. And so nobody can make a sound like you can make in the spirit, meaning that your life makes some noise. <laughs> when we're walking in love, when we are in connected, it could either be sounding as brass or it can be in total harmony with the spirit. And that's how we want to live. We want to be in harmony, total harmony in the spirit. So T, total, H, harmony, N, capital N. Uh, capital I N N, and then of course lowercase T, <laughs> and then spirit. Total harmony in the spirit is your life. But again, to encourage us today, we are going to shed off. We are showing up like never before, and we are going to show forth His praises, His praises. Because ultimately, even as we show up, we realize it's not about us. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. 